0: Welcome to Just a Phase, a podcast about modern parenting. This is episode two, Parent Crush, on Rich and Alyssa.
1: Today we are talking about Halloween with kids, why I itch so much, and our first parent crush a couple of homeschooling ex military super cool photographers. So let's get started. Hi, Whitney. We're doing this. <laughs> I
0: can believe we're doing this. I can believe we're doing this because we've done this a few times now. Yeah,
1: just a little confession. You know, I'm still figuring out how to not only how to record, but how to save things you recorded. Um, so, so, yeah, we've done this intro a couple times, but this is going to be the best one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm going Hands to pretend down. to be surprised when you explain <laughs> why you're itchy because I didn't know that. Pregnant women itched.
1: Yeah, they do. Your skin, like, your, you know, your skin stretches. And then you also apparently are just prone to having general skin issues, which is just... I think, like, a lot of things in, pre- in pregnancy, just, like, I was going to say just another kick in the balls, but that doesn't make any sense. Mm. But, <laughs> you know, there's just all these things that come out, like, oh, surprise, you get this, too. Surprise, you can't lay on your back. Because,
0: you can't lay on your back?
1: No, there's, like, this major artery... Under, like, behind your uterus. And the weight of the baby, once the, you know, once the baby gets big enough, the weight of the baby will cut off blood flow. And so then you start to feel really dizzy. It's just... It's, you
0: can't lay on your stomach.
1: bullshit. You can't lay on your stomach.
0: <laughs> There's a baby there. Yeah.
1: So I just can't... I
0: can't wait. <laughs> I just wait. stand up all the time. I
1: can't wait to stop itching. I can't wait to lay on my back. I can't wait to lay on my stomach. And I'm really excited to wear my pre-pregnancy active wear, so I've just <laughs> just outed myself as a woman that wears active wear when she's not working out, and I want to. You probably don't even know what that is, but active wear. Ladies on here will understand. Ladies are listening. Anyway, if you have ideas and uh, <laughs> suggestions for me on itching, if you have been an itchy pregnant woman, please send them my way. I am going to talk to a medical professional about it. Have you tried lotion? yes i'm out of
0: suggestions
1: yes (laughs) sorry all the lotion okay yeah so what's up how are you
0: i am good i am not itchy great my kids are happy and healthy they're looking forward to halloween cool and uh yeah life is good in drew's house
1: i like it what are you uh what are your plans for halloween what do you guys do
0: we So we've got uh, great neighbors that are one of our future parent crushes Ooh. that throw a Halloween party. So all the kids on the block go to that party before and after trick-or-treating. We trick-or-treat as, like, one, like, big unit. So uh-huh. all the parents can, like, talk to each other and hang out. And we have, like, one in the front and one in the back so we don't lose any children because the older kids are faster, the younger kids are slower, you know. Um, so, yeah, Halloween's a fun night. Like, parents get to have a couple beverages, and kids get to eat a bunch of candy, and everyone enjoys themselves.
1: I like it. Do you, is your neighborhood in your block pretty trick-or-treat friendly?
0: So, um everybody that is trick-or-treat friendly, like, goes to the Halloween party. Okay. So, like, we go to the Halloween party, and then, like, one of the people from the house, like, flees the Halloween party to pass out the candy to the people that are at the party when they trick-or-treat on our block. Gotcha. Uh, And there's some other... We we sort it out. Not every block is good for trick-or-treating, but we usually work a good path and uh, get more candy than we ought to.
2: Nice. Nice.
0: So, and actually, that's one of the... I don't you have, you don't have this problem yet because you've got a, a little little girl. But um, what my wife and I do for trick or treating is because they get so much candy and it's more candy than anyone should eat. Um, so my wife and I we make a deal with our kids where we purchase candy from them. Wow. Yeah. So for how much? Um, I I I think they each get like five bucks. They uh, like the deal. So yeah. and, and then like. And so we don't fight over the candy like everybody brings the candy home and we dump it into a, a big pile and then we each pick one at a time the thing for us. Um, and and then they they get the money for what we pick. They like the deal because they can use the money to buy some junk at Target.
1: And then you you just And then I have a it. separate stash. Yeah. Well, see that's
0: where my wife and I disagree. Like <laughs> she wants to just put it in the trash but I'm, I don't want to throw away good candy, so um, the plan is always to eat some, yeah. and we usually eat all of it.
1: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, my husband, you know, I mean, he, for a while before we had kids, we would just kind of steal our nephew's candy. Mm-hmm. But now, this is our second Halloween with with a child, and she's definitely more, you know, she's she's definitely better able to go trick-or-treating and stuff, and and we will get a lot of candy, and... You know, he's a total candy fiend, and he's pretty excited about it. Because I think we'll have let her have, like, maybe one piece or something like that. But
0: And we didn't rehearse this, but I'm going to guess that your Halloween candy of choice is Reese's Cups. Yeah. Super genius. How
1: did you know that?
0: I could see inside your soul.
1: It's not me. It's my, it's it's Sean. He loves. Well,
0: what loves is like yours? I was trying to guess oh, yours.
1: Oh, yeah. I thought you meant, like, our household. Like no, our what do you want to eat? Yeah, no, I'm not. Okay. Um, I like wow, a, I, yeah, I was
0: feeling pretty no, good about myself.
1: wrong. I love anything um, gummy or sour.
0: Oh, Bring a it weird on. one. and I
1: love Starburst. Okay. Yeah. What about you?
0: Milky Way or Three Musketeers. Ugh. I like that. know. <laughs>
1: that's just. Sorry,
0: <laughs> well, we I won't mean, fight over candy no, on sorry, this podcast. No, no, no. You can have all the sour stuff, and yeah. I'll have all the squishy chocolate stuff.
1: Uh, what are your kids being? Anything fun?
0: Two vampire queens and an Elsa.
1: I love it. I'm going to have a little skunk. And I'm going to train her to say yes when I say, Are you so stinking cute? She'll go, Oh. I
0: know. (laughs) And are you dressing up? Is Sean dressing up?
1: We. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We have some ideas for costumes. Um, We just need to execute it and make it happen. So.
0: And you're a. You're a person that likes the homemade costumes.
1: Yeah, I am. I am. My I grew up with a mom who made... Like, my mom made Viv skunk costume. It's freaking amazing. It took her hours, and she sent me a few text messages about, you know, having black fur all over her house. But she produces these beautiful costumes, and so I'm a total snob about, you know, homemade costumes without having done any of the work for it um, my whole life. So I have this, like... With my own costume, I feel like I need to make it and be creative, but I'm mean, at this point where it's like, you know, we're just a couple weeks out, maybe not even really a couple weeks out, and I don't have time to do that, so, so I think I might have to order, you know, a wig for my costume on Amazon, and it's killing me. <laughs>
0: So uh, today, when I got dressed, I put on my my green shirt that has like some like weird buttons and designs. It looks kind of like military, yeah. military, yeah. And and my beard has had more and more gray show up. And so I'm thinking maybe I should just go all the way and be Fidel Castro. You I don't know. Could. I I could look like Castro. I just need a cigar oh and we're gonna a post hat. a picture. I haven't bought the hat yet. <laughs>
1: Online of Drew, but he could totally be Fidel Castro. I'm looking at him right now and like half of this get up and it's working. I think. Is that?
0: I mean. It's great. Well, yeah, but I keep reading all the progressive sites. Like you definitely, like you don't want to be a, a character out of your race. Mm. I am not Cuban. Am, mm. am I, is it a faux pas? I
1: don't know. Listen, and is it He's
0: well. he's not dead yet, is he?
1: I don't think so. Wow, we are. We're in touch people, but. Why don't I mean, we know he's, if he's alive? <laughs>
0: he's not he's not running things anymore.
1: Right, 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 right.
0: Maybe yes. I could be Fidel's Anglo brother. That's a bad choice. <laughs> all right, all
1: right. <laughs> Every, weigh in. Let Drew know if you think that being Fidel's okay or not. And
0: do it fast, because Halloween really is fast. rapidly approaching. <laughs> all
1: right, so let, let's get into today's parent crush. Um We are talking, or I got a chance to sit down and talk with Rich and Alyssa Mattingly, sat around their kitchen table in their beautiful home. Uh, Rich and Alyssa own Nickel City Studios, which is a wedding and and portrait photography studio, as well as More Than 20, which is their family photography business. Um, I believe More Than 20 is a reference to Peter Pan. You should check out their website. They have like this beautiful story about about it, about the name, and about their business. Um, we'll put them in the show notes. Um, and they also have three boys. Um, they homeschool those boys and are just super creative, really interesting people, and I'm, I'm really excited for everybody to get to know them and, and their journey.
0: I can't wait to hear it. Let's take a listen, and then Whitney and I will be back with our picks for person, place, or thing. All right. Hi. Hi. It's
1: really <laughs> great to meet you guys. You too. I mean, like, I've
3: a social media, you know. I did that friend. thing. Yeah, same. I, I, I felt weird this morning. I was like, I have to ask Whitney if we've ever actually met in person. I don't think so. Be- I don't think so either. Okay, good. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm. <completely laughs> It'd be really embarrassing. It, yeah. It's super embarrassing sometimes when I meet somebody right? and you're like, Yeah, we met that time. It was you know last year, and they rattle off like a set of circumstances, and I'm yeah. like, I am so sorry. <laughs>
1: no, no. I don't- I'm so excited you're here, and you're going to talk to us about um, your family life and and your business life. So let's let's just talk um, first, if you could tell me about how you became a family.
2: Well, we were um, both in the military. I was in the Navy. Rich was in the Marines. We were stationed out in Hawaii. Um, And if
3: we had known that, we never would have gone on a first date.
2: Right. Luckily,
3: you know, the, the age of internet dating is such that you go on an internet date and then you show up, and then it turns out you do the exact same job in different branches of military and know a lot of the same people. And what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if we'd met through the military, we we never we'd been like, yeah, nope. I was
2: intentionally <laughs> looking not for someone in the military, yeah. and I found my exact male yes. counterpart yes. <laughs> in the military. That's um, hilarious. But basically, we went on a date, and Rich never left my house. That's so... True. I couldn't kick him out, it felt weird, so we just kept dating and he wouldn't leave. That's always
3: been my dating strategy, yeah. to make it, make it weird. And yeah. like, like if the weirder earlier, then I mean, you know, you haven't recovered. It's been 11 yeah. years. I
2: felt too uncomfortable <laughs> to ever ask him to leave, so we just got married. I'm still here. And had a whole bunch of kids. Yeah. So, Tell
1: me about your kids, how many?
2: We have three boys. We have Murphy, who's nine. We have Dexter, who's four, and Arlo, who is two. Where do
1: you live and how did you end up back here after Hawaii? This? I wish we were broadcasting.
2: That would be better. It would be amazing. It would be a lot earlier,
3: though, so I don't know if like that would That's be that That's fair. Thing. Yeah. It would be
2: very early. Um, we are in Buffalo, New York. We moved back here because I'm from here originally. I grew up on Grand Island, um, and Rich had the opportunity to go back to Iraq, or yeah. go to Iraq. Yeah,
3: I got I got suckered.
2: Yeah, <laughs> or come um, to Buffalo. Yeah.
3: In 2005, when I got back from Afghanistan, we decided to do a tour of where we lived. And so I took Alyssa to Nashville, Tennessee, where I grew up, and to Baltimore, where most of my friends and my family live. And Alyssa brought me to Buffalo, and our experience in Buffalo over the course of a long weekend was magical.
2: We came back for the Taste of Buffalo weekend, which Mm -hmm. is this huge festival. I took them to basically all of the cultural high points of, of the yeah. city, and he fell in love with it. He was like, this I is loved, the most amazing I city, the architecture Buffalo, and the yeah. activities. This is a wonderful place.
3: So a, a job came open um, related to doing marketing and public affairs work with the recruiting command that's based here in Buffalo, and we jumped on it because it just it made sense. You know, it was... I didn't want to go back on another deployment six months after I'd come back. Right. I think we figured out once, like our first two years of marriage, we were together like six months.
2: Yeah, we were co-located for six years, months. We were cause... just constantly deploying. Yeah. So. Um, and that's we didn't not, that's know not great. it was so. He <laughs> literally left for Afghanistan two weeks after our marriage. So I wasn't entirely sure that our marriage would survive another immediate. Yeah, be like, war hey, deployment. good to
3: see you again. I'm later. off again, you know. Um, Sorry, i was just going for ten time, months. I'm going for at another. At the same
2: time, my sister was living down in Florida, and she came to me and was like, "Hey, you know, I miss Buffalo. I loved Buffalo. Let's both move back there and raise our families together." And I, so I was like, "Great, Rich. This job came open. Let's go. My sister's going to be there. Our kids are going to grow up together. She still lives in Florida. We've been here for <laughs> ten years, um, but well, we love it."
3: Yeah, I, I have no regrets about our decision to move here. Um, when we got here, I think you were six and a half months, seven months seven pregnant months, yeah, when, yeah, when okay. we got here. And, um, you know, the housing affordability here was great on sergeant's pay and, uh, it just really worked out for us. And the people here have been really like warm and welcoming. And I always felt Buffalo, New York was this kind of place you moved to. And it didn't really matter if you grew up here or not. If you accepted this as your city, it was as good as living here your entire life. And that's always been my experience with people who have been here a long time. They're not like, Oh, well, you've only been here 10 years. You don't. You you're, don't not, count. you're not. You're a not a Buffalo. Really you're still
2: yeah, from I Boston. Thought yeah. That you were because of the bells. Like the bells. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought
1: that you were from here.
2: Yeah. I know but we're not. Yeah. I know we're not supposed
3: to, to localize too much. Yeah. But of all the all the injurious you know parts of of our marriage, probably the greatest injury my wife has done to me is inflicting Buffalo sports fandom upon me, <laughs> because she suckered me in that the Sabers were really good for like two years, you know, ever mm-hmm. since the '90s, and I happened to move to Buffalo. The year that the Sabres were completely amazing. And growing up in the South, hockey was a relatively new sport to me. Um, so I like jumped in. I was like, this sport is completely amazing. And you know, then two years later, they sucked again. Yeah. And uh, the Bills have always sucked. And I got them
2: into it. Um, yeah. Out in Hawaii, the games are aired because Bills games are always 1 o'clock games. So they're on at 7 a.m. in Hawaii. So you literally roll out of bed, walk down to the corner bar, grab an egg sandwich and a beer and watch the game. And the corner bar... At our apartment complex, just happened to be the Bill's backers of Oahu. So we walk in, there's, you know. Twenty Bills jerseys yes. and a Samoan guy wearing a cheese head, and yeah, is like, like "This one, is amazing." The, the community one in that Samoan bar was, fan was, yep, was, he, he was, was an
3: entertaining dude.
2: He was awesome. But, uh, um, so we'd go down there every Sunday. You watch the Bills lose. You have your heartbreak is yes. over by eleven o'clock. You go out to lunch. The rest of the day is still there for you. So I, he was I've, like, yeah. "This is amazing," yeah. and has been a huge Bills. So 100%. yeah, so I bought
3: into it, and then it was really cool. You know, I—I'm I, not going to lie; it sounds ridiculous, but the Bills and Sabers being here. Was definitely motivation to move here. I was like a city with an NFL team and an NHL team. Like that's that's a pretty stupid reason to move to a city, but it's cool to have you know big major sports
2: in your city. So you know.
1: Oh man. Um, So then, so you were about six and a half months pregnant.
2: Probably seven months, I think. Yeah. yeah,
1: when did you decide to launch your business, your photography business? Together
2: well, we wanted to make as yeah it? we
3: wanted to make as many mistakes in life as possible <laughs> as quickly as possible. So we decided that buying our first house and having our first kid and starting and a, and business, starting a together business in the with, same with no backup, you no know, no actual job like you know, and basically no real instant,
2: experience in it. Really. Yeah, the
3: instant I got out of the military, we decided well let's let's set our lives on fire this way and uh, we'll we'll see. And honestly, though, like, you know. Within I'll, I'll about aside, six
2: months, I think, of having Murphy, we were starting we were f- the photography business as well. Yeah,
3: and it worked out fine. And I think part of it was that, like, um, there was no fallback. There was no, you can we screw this succeed. job up. Like, you, there's like if you screw this job up, you're not going to have your house anymore. Right. You're going to, you know, you're going to re enlist.
2: <laughs> so we succeeded. So we worked yeah. our, our butts off and did everything we could. We took so much work in those first few years at almost no cost just to build the experience and, and to do as much as we could to yeah. better our. It's literally the our... polar
3: opposite of what I think most people will suggest right. that you do going into this field. Right. Um, but in our, you know, my confirmation bias says that, it you works. know, we did it the right way and it worked and we were able to build a name for ourselves. And, you know, we really relied heavily on the fact that we actually lived downtown Buffalo. And I think people responded to that and, uh, you know, it worked out well for us.
1: Yeah. Do you looking back at that do you have any advice for you know new or newish parents who are launching a business either solo or, or with a with a partner?
2: It gets easier. Yeah. The the first yeah. I'd say probably 2 years of Murphy's life I feel like we didn't have as much time with him as I would have loved to have in my ideal parenting situation yeah. because we were constantly working. But if you don't In our case, if we hadn't worked so much right up front, we wouldn't have been able to have the lifestyle that we have now in the way that we want it. Um, So it was very hard. We don't have family here. My family has all left. Rich's family is not here. So there's no leave the kids for a night with the parents and go on a date. There's Mm -hmm. no – like literally everything that we did was – within our own home. You know what I mean? Um, we worked from 4 a.m. to midnight almost the entire season that we were shooting. Um, and Murphy would kind of play with us, next yeah. to us, but we didn't have as much hands-on time as the family is would have, we would have had. So I would definitely say the advice is, is that, you know, hang in there. It does get easier. You get to a place where you figure everything out. Right. Um, at this point, you know, we've basically... Rich has taken over the good majority of the business. I go out and shoot, but he handles the email, the editing, all of the behind the scenes stuff that happens with the photography business. Yeah. And I handle more of the parenting, the homeschooling that we do. Um and it's certainly I don't know that I don't know that it's ever gonna be ideal, but it, This is a good balance for now. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. It's just, you know, I think once you find something that's working as a family, you just kind of run with it. And you kind of figure out your mistakes as you go. And you hope that you recognize some of, like, your bigger screw-ups as they're happening and not later, like, oh, man, that was definitely the wrong way to go about that. (laughs) Glad we know now. (laughs) So I I think that's, you know, and just trying to be honest with each other, uh, you know, because, you know, both sides of that coin get kind of overwhelming. Whereas I think earlier on, you know, we were overworked and we were killing ourselves to make the business work. But at the same time, we were all, you know, we were handling all the stuff together. And so sometimes, you know, it was easier to understand where the other was coming from. Right. I had a very interesting experience because, um, you know, for the first six months after Murphy was born, uh, I was still on active duty. And active duty on recruiting is very time intensive. And so I was, you know, gone the majority of every day. Uh, The only day I had obviously was Sunday if we didn't have like an event going on for recruiting. And, you know, it was interesting when I got off active duty and then was home full time, uh, it, it finally dawned on me how difficult it is to stay home with a child.
2: He'd and come home every day after work and was so. Like, oh, I'm exhausted. I that remember-
3: was so hard sitting in my office planning events for the Marine Corps. You know, uh, like- now
2: I need to have me time. I need I need rich time to sit and I think that you yeah. know a lot of stay at home parents have that unfortunate dynamic where the spouse can't really appreciate because you might have a couple weeks vacation or a couple days on the weekend where you're home full time with the kids. But when you're doing it alone, when literally the only person you're talking to is speaking to you in, in, you know, three word sentences, like it gets overwhelming. Um, and yeah. when Rich finally stayed home, he was like, I was Oh, like, I get oh. it. I get yeah. all, I, I get how hard this is to make this, this work.
3: Yeah. So. so we try to avoid that pitfall again, but you know, it definitely it definitely creeps in when you know what I mean. You you got one person doing you know one entire part of things, like you know Alyssa handles. this kind of you know ramps right into homeschool, where Alyssa really does all of the homeschooling stuff and all of the activities and stuff like that. And it's, I man, it's hard. <laughs> but
1: so so tell me about tell me about your uh, your day. I mean, you've got if, if Rich is handling most of the business work. It, but that's done from a home office, so you're both here. Mm-hmm. It's
3: literally done from a closet with a standing desk. I have I have, a, I have a, a, a four-foot by two-foot office.
1: That no
2: longer <laughs> even has a door It doesn't have a doorknob because we accidentally <laughs>
3: locked it, and then I had to hit the door with a hammer a bunch of times.
2: <laughs> to get it to, so yeah, he can't even. My
3: office is a shambles. It's terrible.
2: <laughs> yep, so he works from a closet in the living room. <laughs> But it actually, we've tried various places. We've had offices that were further away. We've had offices that were in the center of things. We've tried a whole bunch of different ways to have him present, but also give him... The independence he needs to get the work done. Yeah, I would
3: never have an office like away again or even not in. I mean, I'm in like the highest traffic area of the house, Hmm. and you would think that would be crazy and counterproductive. But this is what ends up working. Productive for for our life. There may be some days where I only get two hours of photo editing done, but it's better that because then I can turn around and help and I can kind of like be like. Oh, yeah, I hear that tone of voice. I should probably I should probably assist with the children right. instead of trying to make this bride's skin look better right now. Right. Um, and then the next day, you know what I mean, things will be calmer and I'll get eight hours of editing done. Right. So it's, you know, it's a give or take thing as long as you're able to sort of, you know, say that you're not going to have a set day. You're not going to get up and take a shower and... You know what I Put on a certain set of clothing.
2: Right. There's no you're realistically
3: you're, you're not showering. You're wearing
2: pajama pants. <laughs> we are literally only wearing pants because you're here. Otherwise, yeah. we'd be in our pajamas still. We have yeah. no um, You hear that
3: podcast world? We have pants on. <laughs>
2: we have pants. The
3: last podcast I did that I didn't know. No, have pants he didn't
2: on. have pants. <laughs> um, but for for us, there is no typical day. There is no normal yeah. for us. We literally every single day is different. And for other photographers, for other homeschoolers that may not be the case. Um, you know, homeschooling is this w- bizarre world where um, you can get a 100 homeschoolers in a room and the only thing they have in common is that they homeschool. Right. They all do it different. They all have different teaching philosophies or parent philosophies or lifestyles mm-hmm. um, that we all approach it in a very different way. So we only, the only thread we can count on being the same is that we homeschool. And in our way, we have been doing this now. It's our fifth year. Oh, wow. Um, our son's in fourth grade, and we started in kindergarten. Um, I, there are people who consider, you know, homeschooling from the minute they're born, because, you know, you're always learning. But I consider it from kindergarten on, you know, as far as right. when, when I had to tell the state I'm yeah. doing it. That's when I consider it.
1: When, you know, when Murphy was, you know, smaller, did you think you were going to homeschool, or did you yes. assume, okay. We so knew we were going to
2: homeschool from the beginning, just because right. our work schedule has us gone all summer long, weekends, evenings, So we were like, we actually like our kids and want to spend a little more time with them. If they're at school during that time that we're available and we're gone during evenings, weekends, and summers, we're really not going to have the quantity of time that we wanted as a family and probably Mm -hmm. the quality of time we wanted as a family. So we kind of knew right off the bat that as long as we were doing this job that we were probably going to homeschool. So we started homeschooling.
3: Yeah, for instance, last month we went to camp in Allegheny for a week Mm -hmm. and drove Murphy every day to St. Bonaventure so we could do the space camp thing that was going on there mm-hmm. at the Dresser Rand Challenger Center. Uh, then we came home, shot two weddings, and then went to the Adirondacks to camp for another couple of days. So it's kind of like a whirlwind schedule like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kinda of stay flexible with, you know, what you can do business wise. And luckily we have a business where, you know, the only time we need to be somewhere is, you know what I mean, at, you know, one o'clock on a Saturday usually. So right. <laughs> otherwise the office is pretty flexible. We're pretty
2: flexible. Um and you know So, like, yeah, we knew that we were going to do this. Um, And the way it's kind of turned out, I think, is that because of our work schedule and because of our lifestyle, we thought homeschooling, hey, this is going to work for us. But then as we've been doing it, we're kind of seeing all of these other ways that homeschooling really does work for us, Mm -hmm. things that kind of support our decision. And that's not for everyone. You know, you, you definitely see a whole lot of homeschoolers who are kindergarten and first grade. And then as the kids get older, their group of friends kind of shrinks. A lot of them end up going back to school. Um, You know, certainly I'd say the homeschooling high schooler community is the smallest of all the communities. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because it seems like a great idea to a lot of people, but in practice, I don't know that it necessarily is. For us, it ended up working really well. And, you know, I think... And Every home, day we see more reasons yeah, works
3: for us. Homeschooling is, is a lot like running a small business in that you, you are living in constant doubt and fear <laughs> that yep. you're, you're doing, doing something, wrong yeah, that, that what you're doing is not right. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, society tells you you're going to, you know, in some ways maybe you're doing some kind of irreparable harm to your child mm-hmm. because we have these like knee-jerk reactions to the way that we, we think of homeschooling. Even now, although... Gee, since we've been doing it in the five years even, we're seeing so many more people do it yeah, and so ask- many more people being receptive to the idea and not, you know, giving us a weird side-eye and we're like, oh, we're homeschoolers and they're like...
2: It's not a, a bizarre a reaction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I was going to ask you, if, you have a, if you've developed a community of other homeschoolers, you know, both in, in your local community, but then also um, are there... You know, is there an online presence that you've turned to Absolutely. Yeah.
2: There, are, there are so many homeschoolers out there right now. It feels like so many. Because in the beginning, the first when you make that decision to do it, and you don't actually know anybody else who's done it or who is currently doing it, you know, it's overwhelming. Um, I think when we started doing, when we started homeschooling, Facebook was kind of just becoming super widespread. When we, I don't know like 5 6 years ago when Don't be so old. That's, I'm just, so when you, that's just when you crap. had that came out you didn't so you didn't have a Facebook old. account. I didn't have Facebook cuz I wasn't I didn't know Because no. you're the person
3: cuz no. you're the person that's like, well I do I, feel like, I don't I have I don't a don't television. <laughs> I don't I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not on social I don't media.
2: I do not have
1: a phone. I do oh my like god. Five years you're the ago, worst. To be fair is when like all of my aunts came on and I was like, "Oh." Okay. oh <laughs>
3: That is, yeah, that's by the time my mom got on Facebook.
1: Yeah,
2: and so did I. And started started liking things. No, here's, let let me rephrase. Five or six (laughs) years ago is when Facebook went from everyone posting, hey, Alyssa is upset, and a picture of their, you know, dog pooping yeah, on the floor, that's a to point. having Facebook groups, groups and, and events and things that, like that. Yeah. And that specifically has really helped the homeschooling community because yeah. now you have these groups. You can find... There, there aren't
3: bulletin boards or message boards that you're going yes, to you're not anymore,
2: getting anymore a, a, You're yeah. not getting a daily you know yeah. m- email about all of these posts that have occurred. Right, you're getting site. notifications
3: with like the woman from Oklahoma that you're arguing with. <laughs> but, you know, it's nice.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> but Specifically with homeschooling, you, have, you can have your local community groups, which here we have in western New York, in the city, you have, God, probably at this point a different a dozen different groups, oh, wow. and all of them have several hundred people in them. Um, there's, you know, uh, events groups for older kids, events groups for younger kids, there's secular groups, there's religious groups, there's all of these different, you can find your little community Mm -hmm. that you want locally but at the Mm -hmm. same time there are these national groups as well that have thousands and thousands of members so if you want specifically secular homeschool curricula you know you can go to this one group and get information feedback Mm -hmm. ideas about it when we started these things didn't exist so you would be like well this looks like a good curriculum but nobody I know does this no one's tried it out I can't See it, so I have to purchase it, and so you would get it and be like, "This doesn't work for me, we have, even we at have all."
3: Thousands. We don't of, have thousands sorry,
2: books. of books. We thousands. I've constructed we
3: have. multiple closets. <laughs> and books for we have we have we have have a teaching resource center we have books we have a
2: lot of books i say no to a lot of things but i generally (laughs) always say yes to books um and yes so we have a lot of stuff that early on there wasn't anyone who could say hey i can loan this to you do you Mm -hmm. want to come over and pick it up and now we have that Mm -hmm. so yes the online presence is awesome now it's such a good resource for new people getting started like you know I, i i can't say enough positive things about yeah, it Yeah, I
1: have to say Facebook groups I did not expect that to be such a helpful thing for me mm-hmm. as a new parent but I had a group for breastfeeding exactly I yeah. had a group you know I mean now I'm like in a group about um uh, gentle parenting right. and, dis- and toddler discipline and it's been a, it's been great and I kind of I, I think I would have laughed at the idea of using a Facebook group mm-hmm. so you know for as a resource but it's been helpful so yeah that's great yeah
2: the communities have been wonderful cool Yep.
1: Um, let's go back to your, your business actually. So you have a wedding photography business and you also have a family photography business. We sort of. Sort we of. ignore
2: it. <laughs> we initially had this idea to separate them. Okay. Um, so you know what I mean? It wasn't like, Hey, we're photographers who do everything, but it was like, no, this is what we do. Here's a full website of information yeah. and, and, you know, we felt that it was
3: beneficial to separate the brands and have a very different feel for what we were doing for weddings. So we could make you know that a very specialized brand and then we could have a separate brand the more than 20 brand for family photography and um as it's turned out we just you know haven't really focused on it too much because we don't have the time <laughs> we, we, Honestly, don't, even blo- we like, don't even blog anymore we it's have, like well you know <laughs>
2: there's certain things that we've decided have more importance than others and pushing the family photography thing was just not one of them so yeah, it's yeah, so, just kind so, of sitting yeah. there. The but brand kind But we do sits we do and... shoot family photos. We just tons. You know, basically yeah. at this point we just whatever inquiries we get, but we don't actively market it or do mm-hmm. anything for it.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> kind of there. Yep. So yeah, so for the family stuff, like usually, um, you know, uh, generally speaking, I'll go out and shoot the family stuff, and we've kind of tailored the brand to that, just being like a single shooter thing. You know, working with small family units, and, and definitely shooting more in the lifestyle milieu. Yeah. The, you know, it's very similar to what we, you know, the style that we shoot weddings with. But uh, so tell, it's tell it's nice, you know. What
1: that means, lifestyle.
3: Uh, ba- basically, we're just trying to, uh, you know, have like fun, you know, quasi unposed.
2: We pictures. just want pictures of people playing with their kids and everyone happy. You know what I mean? It's not everyone smiling for the camera, staring at the camera. It's you caressing your kid and putting your forehead to their face and having a moment between you that you have a hundred times a day, but you don't have pictures of. And if we can add a nice. A nice yeah. lighting circumstance, and, and you know, if we can, if we can, yeah,
3: if we can make a photograph that you react to emotionally, um, without having to think about it as an object, without it thinking of it as a, specifically a photograph of you, um, then I think that we're successful at our jobs. Mm-hmm. When somebody can like hang a canvas print on the wall and it, it it really evokes a reaction from them when they look at it,
2: I just try to like. I think we come at it from the the point of view that of what we like. You know, the, my favorite photos I've ever had of myself and my children are not us smiling for the camera with, like, those post hokey smiles. There's half the time my face is barely even in them, maybe only just my lips, you know, and it's mostly my kid, but you can see me kissing my kid or laughing or holding my child. I think probably a lot of adults have some body, self-conscious issues, um, and, you know, we want to be in these photos with our kids, but I, I don't know that we all want to be like, here I am, front and center. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I mean? I just, I, I look at what I love that I have of yeah. me and my kids and I want to give that to other people as well and be like, here you are. You know, hopefully you enjoy this and ideally look back, you know, 20 years from now and have these, these moments that you're just like, my God, we had fun and we loved them. And everything else that's overwhelming in life. You It'll have. all
3: fade away. Even looking yep. back now, that Murphy's nine, which makes me kind of cringe. He just turned nine. <laughs> it's you awful. You know, a couple yep. weeks ago. And, and, you know, and I want to make sure that our kids look back and are able to look at photographs and be like, oh man, whatever else I remember. Like, I do remember these moments with mom and dad. Yep. You know? So that's kind of our aim.
1: Do you, uh, I'm just curious about what, what you all do personally. Do you create photo albums? Do you print photos? I mean,
2: Sometimes. We have a digital picture frame that we can email pictures (laughs) to and that's the easiest thing honestly that's what what we do do mostly is we just we email ourselves
3: photos usually iphone photos
2: (laughs) because you know you can you can take a picture and email it right to the picture frame so we have a picture frame with rotating stuff and we occasionally go back to you know it's
3: 2015 like i'm not trying to sell anybody prints or albums and we
2: certainly don't do that ourselves i think we have like two canvases of our kids in the house yeah and a couple loose prints but Mostly it's... Yeah,
3: I I wish people, you know, would print out their photos more because there's something to be said for, you know, the tangible print that you can pick up and look Mm -hmm. at or hang on your wall.
2: Um, The box of photos that you go through at Aunt Sue's house and you're like, that's kind of amazing. It's a fun thing.
3: Yeah. And that's, you know, I I don't want to sound like, you know, the alarm that, you know, oh, we're not looking at photographs anymore because we all see just thousands and thousands and thousands of photographs every day.
2: Oh, way more.
3: Yeah. uh, You know, there's, there's that crazy stat that, you know, like... 10% Ten
2: percent of no, 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 It's like it's like ninety
3: percent like of all photographs that taken have ever been history? taken have been taken in the last like two years. Yeah, so then you go, just because you know yeah. we all have cameras, <laughs> we all take because we're
2: constantly on our phones. You know, you see it, you see it. Just... Yeah,
3: and we're constantly, and you know, we're guilty of that too. I mean, Absolutely. you know, I, I'm sure wedding photography at one point in time, even when we got married ten years ago, we got a book with twenty five photos in it, mm-hmm. and we regularly provide clients, you know, with. <laughs> uh, a lot of photos 1300 unique yeah, photos so many photos. you know what i mean just because the wedding day's big um do you know what i mean like at this point in our career we're pretty consistent with you know how we shoot and mm-hmm. you know what we end up delivering and it's just uh it's getting kind of wild um and i think people want those things and I, i'm just not sure you know how we're all going to digest these things going forward what it's going to be like because i think we do have this ideal that you know our grandparents when i think of my grandparents getting married i have one very specific photo that you know was hanging on the, the wall of my oma and opa's house when i was growing up and that was it that's what i think about that's right. honestly what i think about when i think of them is this early photo of them you know as young people just getting married and um, i hope that people you know still get that that feeling you know what i mean and i just don't know how what the application is going to be that's going to get you there to that feeling eventually you know Maybe it's going to be your camera roll with 5,000 photos on it, you know, on your iPhone. So I'm not really sure.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: Sorry, that was a pretty big non-answer, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No, 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 no. It's, I don't <laughs> there is an easy answer. Well,
3: if I had an answer, I would probably be <laughs> able to create a, create a product that made me a million dollars. Oh, that's fair, <laughs> so,
1: right? Do you have advice for, for families that are looking to hire a professional photographer? What would you tell someone about trying to find someone that fit their style or-
2: if you like the photos of the photographer you're mm-hmm. looking at, go for it. You know, Ask to see a full shoot. Any No photographer should be embarrassed to show you a full shoot or a full wedding day. Okay. Um, and if you see their full set of family photos and you're like, oh, I love those and that speaks to me and I want that for myself, great. Some people want all photos of their family smiling at the camera. First, You know, the whole family, then just the kids, then each kid separately. Mm-hmm. That's what some people want. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? For every style of... Um, photography that someone likes, there's a photographer that does it. So if you look at the photos and it's none, uh, you know, you have one or two of everyone smiling for the camera, but the rest is play. If you don't like that, don't hire it. You know what I mean? It's definitely pick what you want. Yeah. And I
3: think on that note, you know, I, I think also, you know, think about your own family makeup, you know, how many kids do you have? What ages are your kids? You know what I mean? Do you see that represented on in somebody's work right and if, if you're that's looking, not represented if you have teenagers don't hire and them. <laughs> the
2: only thing that they're showing are toddler photos yeah probably not what you want
3: right yeah, yeah. And, and it's been interesting as a family photographer to you know kind of see how you know how i shoot's changed as my own kids have gotten older right so it's funny when murphy was three when you put a five-year-old in front of me man i i didn't know what to do
2: we had no idea how to talk to five-year-olds we we're yeah. like so do you like Star Wars or Diego or you know what I mean like we're like what do you do with them do you treat them like an like an adult or yeah. how do you interact with them now and there's plenty we, of
3: like completely baller family photographers that don't have that hangup right but, that was but we a certainly did yeah for sure. and you yeah. know
2: so we're pretty solid with kids up to about ten <laughs> but we're yeah. not as comfortable shooting the teenagers right now and yeah. I you know for us that's just something that I that's think. that's why I'm, I don't
3: do high school seniors yeah because I have no idea it's so, like, so weird
2: <laughs> like.
3: Uh, I don't know what to do here. No.
1: (laughs) So finally, I guess, are there, are there any, um, I guess, parenting movements or, or, you know, I guess besides homeschooling, but any parenting movements or resources that, that have been really helpful to you all? Um, I mean, what, what do you do when you need advice on something, um, as a parent?
2: I don't know. I, I mean, I think as as parents, our parenting philosophies and styles have also evolved as we kind of experience this thing. You know, there's certainly times that we would have been very crunchy attachment parents. You know what I mean? And, like, we've just kind of rolled through a whole lot of things. Um, I think at the end of the day, I try to focus how we parent around the, the, you know, parents that I've admired in my own personal family. I look at, like, my grandmother, um, you know, who... The running joke in the family was how horrible the food was growing up in her home, that it was literally burned every single night because every time a child would come up to her and say, will you play with me? She said, yes. Mm-hmm. She never said no to that. And, you know, I, I try to think of that when my kids ask for a cuddle, I, I do the same thing. I'm like, okay, I have time for a cuddle. Maybe dinner gets burned, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cuddle my kids and, and give them that affection and, and that personal
3: yeah. time. I, say the idea, I laugh every time I hear the concept of like attachment parenting mm-hmm. or helicopter parenting, because yeah. I'm like, you, you're not around your kids much because your kids are doing the attaching and helicopter. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's more like helicopter kidding and attachment yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> kidding. Um, and that,
3: that's that's cool, man, because it's, you know, the other thing we've learned from having three kids is that your kids are going to dictate the pace of your life mm-hmm. and your kids all are all going to have very distinct and different personalities and you're not going to be able to change that. Right, um, and so you need to accept your kids for who they are and, and what they're demonstrating. Like, like my con, you know, the notions I had about nature versus nurture and that debate have definitely changed pretty dramatically over the last nine years. Mm-hmm. Because it's like we had Murphy, and he was like the easiest, like sweetest toddler ever, and I thought that we were just doing all the right things. And if you checked our, you know, our Facebook, our Instagram post, we looked at this like happy little hipster idyllic couple. And then we had two more kids, and they were a lot more challenging. <laughs> they were and nothing they, like the first one. All nothing, three were yeah. so
2: different They're that you so cannot different. apply any single philosophy yeah. to them and have the same outcome. You know what I mean? Like, for I instance, had a
3: physical – like I would have a visceral reaction when someone would use the word unschooling with me when yeah. we first started homeschooling. Yeah. I was like, <gasps> oh my, your, your kids are going to be in med- prison.
2: You're It's awful. Yeah. What's – and now i'm like yeah that's great you know yeah. it's totally i see exactly so we went from it, yeah we mm-hmm. went from
3: Alyssa being like okay from you know 8 a.m to 9 a.m we're doing this unit block mm-hmm. from you know what i mean 9:15 to like 10 we're doing we basically this went unit from block. school at home yeah
2: to a much more unschool life philosophy and um, our kids
3: you know murphy is really responds to it mm-hmm. a, a lot better and you know he's much more ahead of grade level and he's you know much more capable of you know doing the task that we put in front of him mm-hmm. when we're not you know so rigorous and I just him. try
2: to look at them as people who have thoughts and feelings and opinions and preferences. Um you know what I mean? Like when I say do your math, you're you don't want to do your math. Just like if Rich <laughs> is like Alyssa go clean the toilet I don't want Go clean the <laughs> toilet. I want to play on Facebook I have for I've literally never
3: said but you the know toilet. what I mean.
2: Like there are things because I value our marriage. There, are, <laughs> <laughs> there <laughs> are certainly things that, as adults, we procrastinate and don't feel like doing. I don't have. I don't enforce bedtime in our home. I have a go upstairs and give mommy and daddy private time. Time. But I don't care if they go to bed. We're not getting up at 6 a.m. to get on the bus. We've got
3: to eat these damn Lay's potato chips at some point some without point them taking today, all the damn chips. We're going to
2: eat these chips alone. And no one's that time is us. 7.30 at night. It is at 7.30 night. at night. So they have to go upstairs at 7.30 at night but i don't go to bed at the exact same time every single night why am i expecting a tiny human to do the same mm-hmm. of course you're not always tired at 7:30 so instead of making them feel bad for coming down because they're awake we say go upstairs you can read you can go to sleep you can play I don't care what you do. Um, you know, I, maybe once a month they're still awake when we go to bed. And I'm like, no, for real, now it's time to go to bed, guys. Like, uh. But usually
3: they're asleep but by usually 8 usually they're
2: o'clock. asleep by 8. <laughs> there are nights that they go to sleep right away because they don't feel like doing anything else because they're tired. They, they get to make those choices themselves. And there's certainly – I know a philosophy of unschooling where people – Kind of let them make all life choices. Like, yeah. what that, are you that eating? Can, that can't work
3: for all kids. What are you going
2: to brush your teeth? If you want to, you don't have... Like, that's... No, my kids will not brush their teeth ever if I don't say brush <laughs> right. your teeth. So there are certain, you know, aspects of it that we like to, to use in our lives where you can choose these things. For instance, with school, Murphy, what are you interested in? What do you want to do? His whole world is programming. He wants to build computers and program and design things. And for a long time, I was like, no. Here I am saying, this is what you want, and I'm not going to let you do it, because it screams the most evil thing on the planet. We can't spend all day doing this. And as I'm doing this, I'm going, what What am I doing? My child has the, the possibility of having his 10,000 hours of experience in programming by the time he's 12, because he can do this. You know what I mean? Maybe I let him do this a few hours a day. Maybe I stop being so uptight about it and listen to him. We need to be says. a little
3: uptight about it, because he asked me stuff about Java, and like it's... <laughs>
2: He did you one know. day. We, one day he woke up and I was like, "So, what do you want to learn about today?" And he was like, "Binary code." Well, like, come, well on. Come, come on, seriously? Like, you talked talk, when you when you first make the decision to homeschool. Here, people go to you. They're like, "What happens yeah. when the kid wants to learn something that you don't?" Didn't you don't e- know. Didn't
3: expect it at like 7. 7.
2: Come yeah. on. I thought I had to like, you know, at least 12 or 13, but here we are at 7 and the kids asking to learn Java. So, yeah. you but know, it's you, good, you
3: know, it's good for us.
2: It's good for us. Yeah. We know a lot more about programming and coding <laughs> than we ever wanted to. Um, you know. <laughs> no,
1: I love your and, and just going back, I love that that bit about um bedtime too, cuz that's something that I've really it's a good example, I think for me too as as a parent. I at t- different times, you know, whether it's feeding or, or sleeping or kinds of play, I've gotten really attached to what I thought we were supposed to do. Right. Oh, my yeah. God, our kid is, is, you know, a year old, and she's still up at 9 p.m. Um, but it works for our family right. because, you know, then she sleeps in until when we want to get up. And, and you have to, um, yeah, you have to let go and unlearn some of the stuff that's been, like, crammed in your, your brain. Absolutely. What well, it's supposed to be like.
2: And I think... You know, I, I, I appreciate the mommy blogging movement. You know what I mean? I love that there's all this information out there for me, but I think it does do a disservice to real families because everything's presented as just so idyllic. You know what I mean? Like, no one is talking about, like, oh, my God, my kid pooped on the floor today. Like... Again. <laughs> again! How is yeah. this possible? You know, people people aren't talking about um the reality of the way it is it's this curated presented Mm -hmm. you know we're just so wonderful and happy and everything's perfect and specifically are you ever seeing the
3: more than 20 blog no
2: (laughs) no specifically with homeschooling you see this though where you're like you're like oh my god they're doing so much and everything's so wonderful and mom is spending five hours every night putting together the next day's projects and if they do this every day oh my god we're so wrong. We're so bad. We're so, you know what I mean? Because there's... there's yeah,
3: I promise you, there's enough guilt without all that. There's so much wrap. guilt
2: anyway that, yeah. you know what I mean, you <laughs> just have to find what works for you and no one's perfect and everybody occasionally loses their temper and yells at their kids. Like It happens and, you know, as long as I think you find what works best, I think you're going to be okay. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. Yep. I have nothing to add. Nope. <laughs> no. No, I think
1: that's a great thing. Yep. Um, okay, I have one one last uh, thing I want to talk to you about. Um, you mentioned your potato chip time. Yeah. So as a, <laughs> yeah. As that's what we should. That's what we should call that, it. <laughs> you know, parents together runs a business together. Does most of that in their home. How do you two like? What do you two do for your marriage? To you know. Not enough. Chip honestly, that was awesome. no.
2: It, it, that's 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 the I think biggest problem that's in our loo- life right now. That's what loses. Yeah, yeah, that's what loses. Yeah. We don't have family here, so anytime that we wanted to go on a date, we have to look at paying a sitter before we even step out the door. It takes a dinner that maybe was going to be sixty dollars and makes it one hundred and twenty dollars, which makes it a lot. Less desirable to do. Yeah, you when you're I mean? when
3: you're like neck deep in your own financials every day, mm-hmm. um, that does make those decisions more financially motivated, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's nothing new. Every family right. Right. deals with that kind of crap. But um, you know, at the same time, that uh, my friend Allison posted something um, on Facebook a couple days ago that was talking about you know, you know, get 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 me through this time because I'm going to need you later. Right, mm-hmm. and it's you know right now yeah we have to sacrifice these things and you know life is sacrifice life is making right. hard decisions and trying to do the best for your kids so if we can at least recognize um that certain things we're doing right now aren't you know a- ideal right. marriage things right. you know th- then so be it because we're going to be able you know later down the road you know what i mean i Hopefully. we do we, we yeah. joked at one point that you know maybe our kids are going to like you know the last going to leave for college and we're going to look at each other and be like well what what hey there who are, <laughs> who gonna... are you yeah. this is weird um, <laughs> but at the same time you know we we do um I think we we're very much on time. the same page with a lot of things yeah. and if you know what I mean our personal relationship you know as a married couple um is going to take some hits from this that's just the way it's going to be I think everybody. Well, and I think everybody's. You know, I think going to take some. Everybody right. takes some hits. No one has along the, the, way.
2: the life that they most. You know, yeah, nobody th- splits
3: the parenting perfectly down the middle. Yeah, everybody has resentment, and there's you know, I, th- I like the the you know, metaphorical concept of like the well of goodwill yeah. that you have to draw from as as a married couple, and that you draw and draw in this well, and it can absolutely dry up, and like you need to pay some some stuff back into that well of goodwill to draw from. And uh, you just hope that, you know, there, there's never a running balance that you can really see. Mm-hmm. Um, you just try to do your best to look at your partner and say, hey there. Did you <laughs> read that article about how, like, if you stare in somebody's eyes for yes, 10 minutes, I did. like, build empathy? I, I
2: kind of wanted to, but then I was like, no. I know! We were.
3: Gonna- <laughs> so I was going to bring it up with you and it'd be like, she's going we- to call me stupid.
2: <laughs> like, but okay, you read that article too? Yeah, yeah, okay.
3: The, later tonight, we're totally like going to stare at each other for 10, 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. See
2: how that works. I think specific... It'd be and chips, eat chips. Absolutely, a, we'll feed each other chips. It'll be like, like <laughs> <laughs> that. Was my chip eating noise? Wow. I don't know. I just think, like you know, at the end of the day, I think we try to remember that we have a life that many, many, many people would absolutely kill to have. You know, so oh yeah, well, man, we're
3: just insanely lucky. To we we
2: get so much family time, and that you know what I mean. The lack of independent parent time, you know what I mean. I think that it's, like, oh, oh, well. it's okay. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's okay. Um, We'll have it eventually. Eventually they'll (laughs) – Yeah, we have no retirement.
3: Yeah, we have no retirement plan from wedding photography because it's, you know, wedding photography and you just do it to the old person in the corner with, like, you know, wearing the vest and, (laughs) you know. um, So, so, yeah, someday you're you're that guy and then you make one too many inappropriate comments because you're 60. And then uh,
2: (laughs) – You never get hired again. Yeah, and then you hope that, you know,
3: you didn't piss your kids off enough that they can support you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's my plan. That's, that's our okay. retirement. Good like, plan. Yeah.
2: Good
1: plan. <laughs> like well thought out. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. I really You're welcome. Thank it. you for talking us. to us. Uh, good to meet you guys in person. And, Absolutely. And chat
0: some
1: more, so yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Rich and Alyssa, uh, aren't they fun? Yes. Yeah, I totally wanted them to adopt me after that interview. Um, they have one of, I mean, for lots of reasons, but they have a bounce house in their attic.
0: I think that's enough.
1: Yeah, it's it's super cool. Um, I might just like show up on their doorstep this winter when I'm crazy with cabin fever, and, and, and you need to bounce, yeah, and bounce it out.
0: All right. Well, before we bounce out, uh, we hope that yeah, I did that. Uh, we hope you'll turn in tune into episode three, and in episode three, we'll talk about gentle parenting. <laughs> Was that a good gentle parenting voice?
1: It is. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's actually a really interesting topic. Um, you don't have to be a gentle person to be, um, you know, into gentle parenting. It's for everybody. You'll learn a lot more about it. Yes. But yeah. Um, so my, I have a place today, uh, and that place is the Toronto islands. I know not everybody listening, um, might be close to toronto but i suspect that many of you are and if you're not you should try to visit it someday and when you're there you should definitely check out the toronto islands so basically they are a chain of um, small islands right off the harbor they're totally car free Um, i mean there's like a couple of service vehicles here and there but nobody that lives on the island and there's about 700 people that live there full full full-time year-round um nobody that lives there has a car and so there's just all these like great bike and pedestrian trails um there's no stores on the island there's one restaurant that's open year round there's a few other that are open during the summer but you take a ferry you can rent bikes you can bring your bikes on the ferry it's just such a cool place to explore with kids because there's no cars um there's also tons of beaches there is a petting zoo there's an adorable amusement park that was closed when we went there it was closed for the season already but it kind of it looks like it's the type of amusement park that
0: it's a kid amusement park
1: yeah and that i would go to and i you know i'll probably in like 10 years eat my words because Vib will want to go to like cedar point and i'll take her but at this point i'm still going to be like snobby about about that and so it's like kind of like ye old amusement park <laughs> so it's like really cute you know great it's got it's a hand great,
0: cranked roller coaster
1: yeah. great instagram fodder <laughs> we have
0: artisanal uh, right. funnel cake <laughs>
1: yeah it's super cute but there's just so much to do there there was even a maze uh-huh. like they in the middle of of the park like the whole island is a park and you know we're riding our bikes and sean's like wait a minute we gotta stop there's a maze and it was just it was awesome I, we, and we like legit got lost at the end. I was started to feel like I have to get out of here. This is crazy. Oh. But fun. But so, you made it because so yeah. you're here. So Toronto Islands, check it out. Really cool.
0: Okay. So your p- person, place, or thing was a place. My thing is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. <laughs> um, so we were uh, – my parenting group is the other parents on the street. And we stand outside and watch our kids play. And they were doing something that was like kind of old-fashioned, and I forget what it was. But one of the parents said, "What's next? Hoop and stick?" And my thing is, in fact, hoop and stick. Because after we said that offhandedly, somebody on our uh, on our street had a, a an old wooden barrel, like one of those big old pickle barrels, and it had a metal band that held it t- held it together. Okay. And we pulled that metal band off of it, and that was our hoop. And we found a stick. And the kids played hoop and stick for a good hour and for a couple days. And those old toys uh, and those old-fashioned ideas, um, they became ideas because they actually work. Yeah. So, uh, if you're looking for something to do with your kid, get a hoop <laughs> and get a stick. And my kids loved hoop and stick.
1: And let them loose. Yeah, no, that's so true. Kids always love, like... It's the whole thing of the cardboard box, the stick, the hoop, whatever. You need the hoop and the stick together. Love it. Love it.
0: If you just give your kid a stick, they will hit people.
1: (laughs) Are there any – do they develop any games with hoop and stick that you can recommend? It's just
0: see who can roll it the furthest. Yeah. Like you you roll the hoop with the stick. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Love it. It worked.
1: Love it. All right. So like Drew said, um, episode three, uh, we will be talking about gentle parenting.
0: Gentle parenting.
1: Um, as always, you can email us your thoughts on the show. Um, give me some suggestions on how I can itch less, please. (laughs) Um, and if you have any ideas for future topics that we, that we should explore, email us at justaphazepodcast at gmail.com. You can also check us out at justaphazepodcast.tumblr, t-u-m-b-l-r, tumblr tumblr.com. And we'll post some links to the episodes and any resources that um, came up today during during our conversations.
0: And don't forget to subcri- subscribe to us on iTunes. Write a review. Uh, the better you review us, the more people find us, the better this goes.
1: Yay! All right. Have a great uh, no week. Bye. 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 Just a Phase is produced by Whitney Crispell. Our theme music is Urban Metronica, Woo Yeah Mix by Spinning Merkaba and used under a Creative Commons license.